Hey, it's your girl Nancy here, and I just wanted to let you know about some exciting news that I've been working on. For the past couple of months, I have been finalizing and perfecting my signature program called Unleashed, Build Your Faith and Unleash Your Potential. And what it is, is a signature group coaching program that helps you align your goals, desires, and actions with your God-given gifts in order to fulfill your purpose in this world. So many women flow through life instead of taking focused and intentional action in curating a life they love and are passionate about. I don't know what you've been led to believe about your life, but I'm here to remind you that you don't have to settle, not in your work, not in your relationships, not in your finances, not in your health, and even in your dreams. You can have more than one dream. You can reinvent yourself. Who you were or who you are is not tied to who you are becoming. You are allowed to grow, to expand, to transform, and to become someone completely brand new. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells us you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind because when you change your thoughts, you change your life. And so this cohort is designed to challenge you, to shift you, and awaken your soul to its purpose and unleash all of the power, potential, and passion that's been bottled up within. So if you think this program might be for you, shoot me a message, send me an email at nancy at thefiercewoman.org and let's get you enrolled. You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Thank you for joining me for episode 213 of the Woman of Faith podcast. It is your host, Nancy Ruffin, and I'm so excited to say that we are celebrating our one-year anniversary. I mean, I can't believe that it has been a year already. I think literally my mind is blown because it feels like just yesterday that I had this vision for doing a podcast that was centered on faith and stories of faith, not just around God, but about those moments where we feel like we have lost or hope, where the light at the end of the tunnel looks really dim. And we really have to dig deep into our faith to kind of get us through and, you know, I know that when I had the vision, I did want it to be God-centered because I feel like that is just the direction where I'm going with my work. And it was one of the primary reasons that I retired the Nancy Ruffin Show. And I don't even want to say retired because the Nancy Ruffin Show is still there. And I think that if the time ever comes where I need to have different conversations 
that may not necessarily align with the mission and vision of the Women of Faith podcast, like I'm definitely going to pick that back up. Because one of the things that I have learned to recognize, at least about myself, is that I am constantly evolving. I am constantly having different dreams, different goals, depending on the season of my life that I'm in. And so who knows, right? We never know when I might encounter a conversation or something that I want to talk about that would be more aligned with the Nancy Ruffin show. Um, And on that podcast, I interviewed all different types of people. Um, So if you've never checked it out, you should actually go and maybe after you listen to this episode, search, you know, where in whatever platform you're listening to podcasts, search for the Nancy Ruffin show. I mean, and that, that show went on for years. There are hundreds of episodes there for you to get into. But I say all that to say that we should never box ourselves in. That just because we're doing one thing in one season of our lives, or maybe you're just known for doing something specific, don't allow yourself to get boxed in to that role, that position, that title, because you should give yourself permission to evolve, to grow, and to explore every idea or every calling that you have. Like that is for me, that's what life is about. And that's why sometimes it might seem like I'm all over the place. Um, And not too long ago, someone used like the word scattered. But the thing about me is that I am constantly growing and I don't want to pigeonhole myself to any one thing. And I think what people also um, get wrong about me that all of the work that I do, I do because I love it. I do it because I'm passionate about it. It's not my bread and butter. Like, you know, these are not the things that I rely on or I depend on to take care of my family, to pay my mortgage, to pay my expenses, to set me up for retirement. Um, you know, these are just the things that I'm passionate about. And so I pursue them. Um, you know, so it might seem like I'm scattered and you know what? It's okay with me because I give myself the permission to explore every desire and every thought that enters my heart and my mind. Like I'm not afraid to start new things. I'm not afraid to let go and release things that have been successful for me in the past and jump into something brand new. Because I'm not dependent on any of these things, you know, not my podcast, not my coaching, not my speaking engagements, not my books. I don't depend on any of the revenue from those things to support my lifestyle. And I think that that is probably what allows me the freedom to kind of, you know, move in and out from the different things as they come. It's really hard, you know, for the individual that, you know, the real, I guess, quote unquote, entrepreneur who is building a business from the ground up and that is dependent on the income or the revenue and the profits from that business to support them, to support their family, to, you know, to pay their bills. And I think that that adds just a different layer. Uh, I don't, it just adds, I think, an extra stress 
onto that individual that I don't necessarily have. And so I say all this to say that it's okay to have a regular job. Like I absolutely love my job in healthcare. I've been in healthcare for over, I don't know, 20 years. And I don't even have the desire to leave because I don't feel like it keeps me from pursuing the things that set my soul on fire. So I am able to work my regular job and then I'm also able to do the things that fulfill me and that I feel God put me on this earth to do. And so if you find yourself uh, in the middle of that struggle, because I know, listen, social media will have everybody believing that working a regular job is the worst thing that could be done. Um, And I think that they do individuals a disservice, especially these business coaches who are trying to get their next clients because that's how they're building their own business and how they're paying their bills. They're doing individuals a disservice by leading them to believe that the only way to achieve happiness in your career or in your work is by being an entrepreneur. I don't think that they're always really honest. Entrepreneurs like they they have it hard. They really have to hustle for every single dollar that they get. They don't get paid time off. They don't get sick days. Um, they have to think about their own retirement plan. They have to think about health insurance right? and, and when they get sick, how are they going to pay for that? And I don't think that enough of these business, these business coaches talk about the realities of what it means to be an entrepreneur. I don't think that they show us those moments when they're struggling to make, you know, ends meet. People will say, you know, join this masterclass and I can show you, you know, the exact same blueprint that I used, you know, to launch, you know, my seven figure program or whatever it is that they say, but they don't tell you the other part, the other side of what it means to to be an entrepreneur. And, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I think that there are individuals who are born to be entrepreneurs, but not everyone in this world has it in them to be an entrepreneur because if that was true, then who would work right in these businesses? Who would be the employees? I think everyone has a role. Everyone has something that they have been created for. And so the work that I do is really to help women figure out what that is for them, not based on what anyone else is telling them their life and their role should be, but what when they take the time out to really get to learn and know themselves before the world told them who they were supposed to be, that's, that's what I'm committed to doing because I want women to live their best lives. I don't want them to live the life that they think they should be living or the life that someone told them that they should be living. Like I want them to figure out what is it that fulfills them and then to spend every single day of their life working towards creating that life for themselves. You know, for me, I'm at a really um, interesting point in my life. I have a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. I will be turning 46. And I will say that I'm excited to be getting older. You know, I know that society and culture 
um, and social media and just the media in general uh, tends to have us believe as women that after we've reached like our 40s, like it's all over and it's all downhill and that we're disposable and that, like that's it. We should just, you know, give up on life and just sit back and wait to die. But that could be farther from the truth. I will tell you that when I turned 40, that was when I felt my most confident. It's where I felt the most empowered, the most sure about myself. And I really didn't care what anyone had to say about me. Like it, something happens. It's like you hit 40 and it's like this thing goes on inside of you. And you just really become this different type of woman. And so for me, I don't look at getting older as something that's going to hinder me. I actually embrace the fact that I'm getting older. One, because to get older is a gift that not many people are afforded. Like if you're not getting older, then that means that you, you're dead, right? And so for me, every year that I get to celebrate is just an immense gift from God and I don't take it for granted. And so as I'm getting older, I'm really starting to think more about like my mortality because I also know that I'm not going to live forever, but while I'm here, I want to live my absolute best life. And so for the past year, I have become really focused on my health and wellness and not from a vanity perspective, but really from a health perspective, from a strength perspective. Like I want to be strong and I want to be healthy and I want to take care of the body that God gave me because it's the only one that I have. And I don't want to wait until I'm sick or until something happens to then get serious about my health because then by that time, it might be too late. you know. And in my family, um, diabetes runs in my family high cholesterol runs in my family. And, and the last time that I went to the doctor, when I went for my last checkup, maybe a few months ago, you know, my doctor told me I was pre-diabetic. Um, my cholesterol levels were a bit elevated. Um, but for me, before I put myself on any medication, I want to see what I can do on my own to kind of bring those numbers down, which is why like, I'm just really heavily focused now on nutrition and being mindful about the things that I eat, about cutting out the sugars. I completely eliminated soda from my diet and I was addicted to soda. And I would say I'm addicted to sugar. Like I love sugar. I love sweets, cakes. I love soda. But I also realize that those things are not good for me. And so I'm really focusing now on eating cleaner and exercising my body so that I can be strong and that I can be around for a long time. You know, I'm, my kids are still relatively young, so I want to be around for them and to, to be there for those really special moments. And I don't want to get sick to the point that I can't take care of them and that I can definitely, I can't take care of myself. And like, listen, I know that we can do all that we can on our own and that things can still happen, right? And we can still get sick. But while I'm still healthy and while I can still contribute to my health, that is what I want to do. And so I want to encourage you to just take a look at yourself and at your own lifestyle and ask yourself in what areas of my life 
can I start to make improvements? And that's not to say that you have to be drastic and do everything at once and cut out everything, but it's just like small, minor things that you can start doing now that you can start working on. And then little by little, you know, you can start cutting out more unhealthy things and then start incorporating other healthy things into your life. Because if you don't start now, you don't want to wait until it's too late and then you're regretful and then you say, oh, I, I, I wish I would have or I could have done this. Like the shoulda, woulda, could have is too late when things are already going wrong, right? So for me, I am in my me season. I'm in my unleashed season. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this program that I am launching on June 5th. But it's really about focusing on improving myself in all ways, in my mind, in my body, in my spirit, even in the work that I'm doing. Like I want to be more intentional about who I work with. Like I'm not, I, I can't work with everybody because I also recognize that not everyone is committed to be their best selves. Some people might say that they are, they might even make the investment, but just investing money is not enough. You have to invest your time and you also have to be willing to work on your mindset and allow yourself to start changing from the inside out. So in this season, it's all about surrendering. It's about letting go. It's about making space and truly committing myself to being my best self. So that means I'm cutting out foods, I'm cutting out bad habits, I'm cutting out people that are just too toxic and too drama filled. Like, honey, I don't want any negativity in my space. I don't want any negative energy to infiltrate where I'm at because energy is contagious. And if you don't protect your space, if you don't protect your energy, if you don't protect your mental health, then it's all downhill from there. And I think that the biggest misconception that we carry is this idea that we just have to go with the flow, that we have to deal with whatever gets thrown our way. And that cannot be farther from the truth. You do not have to deal with anything. You can remove yourself at any moment in time from any situation that is not aligned with your best self or aligned with who you want to become. You do not have to sit there and take somebody's toxicity because people will dump on you if you let them. And this week on this episode, I really want to talk about breaking free. As you know, we just came off of a hugely successful conference, the Breaking Free conference that we had a couple of weeks ago at Hotel Nyack. And as uh, I guess an addendum to the work that was done during that conference, I wanted to continue the conversation of, around that and what it means to break free from just so many things that we have allowed to keep us stuck, you know, and... um. Last week, I talked about breaking free from self-condemnation and self-criticism. You know, in in a couple of weeks, I want to talk about breaking free from generational curses, breaking free from comparison, breaking free uh, from limiting beliefs and negative thinking. But this week, I want to talk about what it means to break free from the past 
because so many of you are stuck in your past and being stuck there is preventing you from really stepping into the future that God has for you. And I don't know what story you continue to replay, but it is no longer serving you. And it's time to let it go because you cannot change the past. And continuing to live there is you choosing to live in your own form of hell. Um, And so when we get back, I want to talk about what it means to break free from the past. But before we take the break, I just want to take this opportunity to talk to you a little bit about the Unleashed group coaching cohort that I'm launching on June 5th. And really what it is, is an eight week program for any woman who is ready to unleash their potential, their passion, and everything that you have been bottling up within for whatever reason. So if you want to learn more about this program, email me at nancy at thefiercewoman.org. We can set up a consultation call and I can give you all the details about what you can expect during the cohort. And I can also get to learn a little bit about your goals, your expectations, and see if we're a right fit. Because that making sure that we can work together is really critical to your success and to the success of the program. And I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to waste my time or your time working a program if it's not going to be the right fit. Um, So if you want to learn more, shoot me an email. And when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about breaking free from the past. Transformation doesn't happen simply because you think about it. True transformation requires work. And transformation that lasts occurs when you take inspired action, when you commit to the process, and when you show up for yourself, even on the days when it's hard. And I know that it's really easy to make the excuses, but it's time to stop making excuses and time for you to commit to the person that you know you are capable of becoming. So if this program sounds like something you can commit to, then shoot me a message at nancy at thefiercewoman.org and let's work together. I'm here for you and I want to see you thrive. You are listening to the Women of Faith Podcast. Thank you for joining me for segment two. This week, I'm talking about breaking free from the past and how sometimes we choose to stay stuck reliving painful experiences from the past. Now, I recognize that sometimes it's not always easy to move forward from situations, especially if we've been hurt, if we've been betrayed. Um, like, There's so many different reasons 
um, or different experiences that we encounter throughout our lives, right? And so maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe you went through a difficult breakup, or maybe you said or did something, um, you know, that was hurtful to someone else and you wish that you could go back in time and undo it. You know, I know that I have experienced some of these things. I, I have definitely been in situations where I've done and said things to hurt other people. Um, and then in hindsight, you know, wish that I could go back in time and, and, and take it back. But there, you can't, right? Like once something is done, it's done. And so then the only thing to do is figure out how you're going to move forward from what, from whatever it is. You know, I have lost, um, I've lost a lot of loved ones in my life, like literally and figuratively, like I have been experiencing death in my family since I was two years old. And I remember this so vividly because uh, in 1979, (laughs) I was two years old and my maternal grandfather had passed away. Um, I don't remember him much but on his one year anniversary, like the year to the date of his death, my uncle Mickey, who I was extremely close to back then, and it's weird, right? Because I was three years old. He ended up being murdered exactly a year later from when my grandfather died, like this, the same day, on the same day in 1980, my uncle was murdered. And I remember attending his funeral. Like, what what memories do you have from three years old? Not many of us would have memories, but I have the memory of attending his funeral. I remember the funeral home. It had, like, dingy, reddish, like, reddish-brown or, like, maroon carpet. I remember he wore like a beige tux or white, but it was like a light colored tux, not tux, suit, not a tuxedo, but like a light colored suit. And I I remember him sitting and laying in the casket. He had an afro and I remember that. And I think I remember it because he was such an important part of my life for those first three years, almost like a second dad. And I remember him um, always being with me, taking me to the park, playing. Oh, and I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I didn't have I didn't have enough time with him. But I I remember the funeral, and I've been losing people in my life since then. You know, and and since that time, my uh, my paternal grandfather passed away. Um, both of my grandmothers. Um, one of my cousins, who I was extremely close to, was murdered at the age of 16. Well, I was 16, he was 15, and he was like a brother to me, um, you know, and it's just been like this cycle of death, you know. And then um, some years ago, my parents were visiting us from Florida and they were driving back down to Florida after um, coming up for the baptism of my nieces. 
And it was my parents. It was my Aunt Lucy, um, who I named my oldest daughter after, Luz, Luz Maria Arroyo, and my Uncle Choco. And they were all driving back down to Florida. And they got into a terrible car accident. I mean, the, the accident was so bad that they had to be heliported to like the nearest hospital. Um, and in that act, like my aunt ended up dying as a result of the injuries that she sustained in that car accident. And this is again, a, another woman who I was extremely close to. She was my godmother. Like she, for me, is was my mentor, my biggest mentor, my biggest influence as a woman. And so much of who I am is a direct result of who she was because I wanted to be so much like her. She pursued a career um, in the public sector. She worked in healthcare. She was actually the person who got me my first job at the hospital. And so I've kind of been following in her footsteps ever since. Um, and so losing her was absolutely devastating. And so I say all that to say that, you know, none of us are immune from dealing with loss and mourning or grief or any of these things that we wish we could go back to the past and change. And while um, some people can accept these things and move forward, there are some who find it really hard to let go, you know, and these experiences, like they make a dent in your identity and in who you ultimately become because they do influence you uh, in, in a way that maybe we don't even realize while we're going through it. And now no one is saying that you should forget your past because we absolutely shouldn't. Like the, the past and how we deal with the things that are not past influence who we become. It influences our future um, and your experiences and your memories really make you who you are. But there is a difference between paying a visit to the past and then allowing yourself to take up a permanent residence there. And I think that for some, they become just so used to that place of sadness, of hurt, of anger, that it's hard for them to bring themselves out of that. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's an excellent book by written by Bessel van der Kolk. And in the book, he points out these surprising facts. One in five Americans has been molested. One in four grew up with alcoholics. One in three couples have engaged in physical violence. Now, like that is a really alarming statistic. Like that means if you have like a group of five friends, someone in your friend group has been molested. If you have a group of four friends, someone in that group grew up with alcoholics. And if you have three couples, one of those couples have engaged in some sort of physical violence. And that is, that is alarming and it's traumatizing because these are all 
traumatizing experiences. And so from this perspective, there's a good chance you or someone close to you has experienced a traumatic event that left a trace on their mental, emotional, and even physical well-being. You know, and I will say like I have witnessed um, domestic abuse. Um, I've written, I, I wrote an essay about it some years ago. Um, I remember when I was growing up in Brooklyn and we were, they have this annual festival of um, Mount Carmel, I think it's called, but it's like, you know, they celebrate like these Italian saints or it's like a neighborhood carnival where, you know, there's rides for the kids and there's games, you know, and, and food and all that good stuff. Think of like the San Gennaro festival that happens annually in Manhattan. Like this, they had this something similar on a smaller scale in Brooklyn. And I remember one night we were walking home from th- this festival and it was me, my aunt, my sister, maybe a few other family members. And um, there was an altercation or interaction between one of my family members and her husband. And I don't know, they got into an argument, they were fighting and he hit her and like, not just hit her, but like attacked her. And I remember just standing there and looking at my aunt and my mom and like all of the other adults, like trying to understand, like, why are you not intervening? Why are you not trying to stop this? Um, you know, and what was, and not that it was told to me, but from my understanding on what I understood, and because this is, um, traditional in my culture is like, uno no se mete en la cosa de, de, what's the, de de los casados, de matrimonio, right? And loosely translated in English, it means like, no, you don't get involved in marital problems, right? So you don't get involved in somebody's marriage, whatever it is that they're going through, even if it's at the expense of you actually witnessing somebody getting beat up. And like I think about it and it's, I have no words, honestly. And so I don't have words now as an almost 46-year-old woman. Imagine what I was thinking as a child, not understanding what I was witnessing. But the point I'm trying to make is that we all experience different levels of trauma in our lives. And once you have a traumatic experience, your memory becomes fossilized around that event, making it difficult to look forward or to make new memories. And your brain literally gets rewired, especially the parts associated with pleasure, control, and trust. And then so it's no wonder that it becomes hard to enjoy the present moment because our minds, our brains are literally, you know, re- rewired from the point of that traumatic experience. And then apart from trauma, there are many other experiences that are hard to move on from. Maybe you made a bad decision and you dwell on it with guilt or regret or kind of like I, what I was saying before, perhaps you lost someone and you're left with a permanent sense of longing. You might even hold on to the past because you think letting go 
means forgetting or betraying a loved one. You know, and I use my example um, in the form of death, but there are many other ways that we lose people, right? We can find ourselves in relationships and we can be deeply in love with someone. And then somewhere along the line, the other person, um, you know, decides that they no longer want to be with us. And then the breakup occurs. And then it's hard to let go because when one of the individuals is still heavily in love and the other one isn't, um, it's hard to wrap our minds around that, right? It's like, well, why don't you love me anymore? Like, I still love you. Why don't you want to be with me? Um, and sometimes they can't provide an explanation. And sometimes there's never, you're never going to get the explanation that you need, but you have, to, you have to find a way to now move on from this situation where the person no longer wants to be with you. And sometimes coming to that realization is hard. It is so hard because the heart wants what the heart wants, even though our minds know that it's time for us to let go. And so perhaps, you know, you're, you lose this person and then you're left with a permanent sense of longing because all you want is to be with this person. And I remember when I was younger, my first boyfriend, he was, he, he, he was, I don't know, he used to play these games. And I mean, now because of all the work that I've done, like I've recognized he himself had attachment issues. He had trust issues. He was probably someone who um, struggled with self-confidence and self-esteem and feeling loved and and believing that he was deserving of love Um, because no matter how much I loved him no matter how much I showed him that I loved him he would play these really hurtful games with me and like break up with me for no other reason but just to break up like to intentionally hurt me and to like see me um sad and like practically beg him to go back with me you know, like, I couldn't understand, like, why are you breaking up with me? Like, it was like this constant thing where I had to prove to him that I loved him. I mean, it was toxic, but he was also my first boyfriend. So I didn't know any better, you know? And so luckily I, I broke free from that toxic situation. And then after that, I never have a boyfriend again until I met my husband. Like, because at that point I was like, this shit is for the birds. Like, I, I do not want like to feel this way. I don't even want to give someone that much control over my feelings and my emotions that they could hurt me like that. I mean, and that was probably just like a self, uh, a defense mechanism, which thankfully I didn't allow to really take over my relationships because then all that means is that you close yourself off from the love that is trying to find you. But I was young. I was, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And you know, then I met my husband when I was 20 or something. But I say all that to say that we sometimes just, we, we hold on to the idea of what we think something should be or should have been. And it's not really the reality of it. And so whatever the case may be, it can be hard to disengage from that feeling. And so this is how author Joe Dispenza puts it. When your body and mind are both living in the past, then your thoughts and emotions 
are rooted in negativity and impossibility. And then when this mindset becomes a habit, your mind and body are both stuck in a loop. It's like a a constant replay, this cycle of negative thoughts and emotions. And these loops can be debilitating at times and keep you from achieving your goals. It can keep you from feeling happy and it can keep you from making good decisions. So and then, right, if we're stuck in this perpetual cycle of constantly living in the past, how do we actually know if this is a problem that we're facing. I mean, listen, all you have to do is really look at your life and and see, like, what are you doing day to day? What are you focusing on? Are you just going through the routine of life? Are you constantly blaming um, other things and other people for where you currently are in your life? Do you constantly dwell on, oh, well, when I did this or back then? Like if you are constantly referring back to the past, then you are stuck in the past, right? And you might physically be in the present, But emotionally and mentally, you're still reliving a reality that no longer exists. So here are some signs that this might be happening to you. First sign, you reminisce about the past and how things used to be, wishing you could go back in time. Now listen, wishing is good (laughs) when you attach a plan to it and a timeline and you make it a goal, right? But if you're just looking to the past and you're wishing you could go back there, honey, let me tell you that you just need to let go of that wish because you cannot change the past. You can only look at where you are right now, make the change that you need to make right now, and then move forward. The second sign is that you continue to hold a grudge against someone. And you're unable or unwilling to forgive them. And I see this happen a lot with so many people. And this also, this also, I think, prevents us from taking accountability for the choices in our own life. Like you can't hold a grudge over someone like for years. And it's not healthy. And it's definitely not healthy for you to be carrying all of that negative energy in, inside of your body, you know, because at some point, like you, it's a, a decision point. Am I going to continue to hold this grudge and point fingers and continue to carry this negative emotion? Or am I going to choose to just forgive and say, you know what? It is what it is. It happens. I can't change it. And so I'm just going to choose to move forward and move on with my life. And forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Forgiveness you do for yourself so that you don't continue to carry the negative emotions attached to the experience with you in your life and into your future. The next sign is that you continue to blame yourself for mistakes you made in the past. Listen, we are all human. And you have to learn to give yourself grace. 
Because if we take it back to God, he has already forgiven you for every single thing that you have done. So now it's time for you to forgive yourself. Continuing to blame yourself, continuing to carry the guilt for something that that you did in the past is not serving you. And you can't go back and change it. You might be able to make restitution for it, right? If you take accountability and you apologize, but you can't change the mistake. Like what's done is done. And so you have to forgive yourself and move on. And then another sign is if you keep reliving traumatic moments, you know, and for the individuals who have experienced any kind of abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, um, mental abuse, physical abuse, where you've been like, like experienced bodily harm and injury. Like now I'm not saying to dismiss that experience, but it is your responsibility to heal from that. And what that means is that you seek the necessary therapy that you need so that you can move past it because reliving it is not doing anything for you. And why would anyone want to continue to relive a traumatic experience? And I know that healing from trauma isn't easy. I know that it's super, super hard, but you owe it to yourself to create a better future than your past. Because if you don't heal from it and you continue to relive it, you're continuing to cause your your self-harm. And so what can you do to break the pattern, right? What can you do to start breaking free from the past? Well, the first step to breaking free from the past is becoming aware of the negative emotions and thoughts that are keeping you stuck there in the first place. You know, and so much of the work that I do with women is reflection work, like being able to reflect on our experiences, on our past, and understanding how those things have contributed, you know, to why we are the way we are and to who we've become. And so it might take some introspection and self-reflection to figure out where these negative emotions are coming from. And by paying attention to your thought patterns and where you mentally dwell throughout the day, right? So becoming aware of your thoughts. And once you become aware of your thoughts, it's like then asking yourself the question, like, well, why am I thinking about this? And what is triggering this thought? Why is this thought a repetitive thought that I'm having? And so once you gain some clarity, you can, again, ask yourself if there's any specific action you can take to help you move forward or change how you feel. So understanding what's causing these thoughts, understanding what your triggers are is the first step to starting to make the change. Because once you understand what the triggers are, then you can start putting a plan in place to counter those things that are triggering you, right? So 
Eckhart Tolle recommends to focus not on the 100 things you will or may have to do at some future time, but focus on the one thing that you can do right now. This could mean reaching out to someone to finally express how you feel, or maybe deciding to get help from a therapist and work through trauma. For some people, it could be as simple as taking responsibility for your own happiness. But I will tell you that talking, talking is the greatest form of healing. And even if you can't find a therapist that you connect with, find someone that you trust, that you can talk to about the things that you're feeling, that you can talk to about the emotion. Because so much of why we stay stuck in the past is that we keep harboring the experience and we keep reliving it in our minds and we're not releasing it. We're not letting it go. If you can't talk about it, then write about it, journal about it. And you have to find some way to release the negative emotion and and a way to um, work through that trauma. Because when someone hurts you, it's easy to let the blame and the resentment simmer for years. It's just easy to just carry it because it's so much more harder to unpack it. But here's the, the harsh truth. Even though whatever happened wasn't necessarily your fault, it's now your responsibility to heal from it. Because nobody can do that for you. And while you continue to live in the past, you're also robbing yourself of the future that God wants you to have. And so I want to offer you just a few tips to kind of help you start breaking free from these past experiences or whatever is keeping you stuck, right? So the past is the past for a reason. And if we look at it in in a positive way, there are lessons to be learned from the past experience, right? So look at your past and what are the things that you can learn from that experience, maybe from the trauma, from the disappointment, from the betrayal, from the loss? What are the things that you can take from that and apply as lessons moving forward? So learn from the past, but don't dwell there. The second thing that you can do is that you focus on the present. What are the things that you can focus on right now? What can you do now in this moment? How can you become more self-aware of your thoughts, of your emotion, of the way that you're interacting with other people about the relationships that you are having? Because the quality of the relationships that we have with other people are a reflection of the quality of the relationship that we have with ourselves. So look at your relationship with yourself and how are you treating yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you putting yourself first? Are you making sure that your needs are met? Or are you, are you self-sabotaging? Are you causing self-harm? Are you neglecting yourself physically, mentally, spiritually? Like How are you feeding your body? Are you taking care of your body? Are you pouring into yourself, right? 
focus on the present and focus on the ways that you can start taking care of yourself now. The next thing, number three, is that maybe sometimes you just need to disconnect, right? Maybe you have attachments with individuals or with places or with um, songs that take you back to that place that you no longer want to be, right? So maybe you just have to disconnect for a little bit, regroup, refresh your perspective, and then figure out how you can move forward. And sometimes in that process of disconnecting, you realize, well, damn, I got to disconnect from certain people because these people are no good for my mental health. They're no good for my present or for the future that I want to create for myself because they keep bringing me back to the past, right? Tip number four is forgive and release. Forgive not for the other person, but forgive for yourself. Forgive and then let it go. Don't worry about vengeance. Don't worry about getting even. Karma is real and vengeance will be the Lord's, right? So just trust that whoever hurt you, whoever harmed you, that God is going to take care of them. So all you have to do is forgive and unburden yourself and let go. So that you can move forward. Like I know individuals who are so stuck in the past, blaming others for where their lives are today. And they continue to live in this perpetual cycle of misery and unhappiness. And nothing good happens to them. Because all they do is recycle this negative toxic energy. And the reality is that you're never going to attract goodness to you if all that you're harboring within is negativity and toxic energy because the universe responds to the energy that we're giving. And when we talk about it from a God perspective, right? God isn't going to bless you with more if you're not grateful for the blessings that he has given you right now. So if you continue to stay stuck in the past and in complaining and in being angry, God isn't going to bless you with anything good because you're never going to appreciate it. You can't even appreciate the goodness that is in your life right now in this moment because you're so focused on the past. So why would God bless you with anything else? That's why for me, gratitude is on the top of my list. Like I stay grateful for every little thing because it's in that gratitude that my blessings are activated. It's in that gratitude that God is going to bless me with more because I am nurturing and cultivating the blessings that he has given me in this moment. If I chose to dwell on my past and on the things that went wrong and what didn't go right and on the people who hurt me and on the people that I lost, I would never have gotten to this place that I'm currently at in my life. So we have to forgive. We have to let go. We have to practice gratitude. Tip number five, be intentional about making new memories. Stop reliving the same old memories, the same old painful, traumatic things that have hurt you. Why would you choose to continue to relive that? 
If all it does is bring you pain and hurt and anger, make a different choice. Choose to live now in this moment. Choose to surround yourself with people that lift your spirits. Choose to indulge in the things that make you happy. And if you don't know what it is that makes you happy, then try everything. (laughs) Try everything until you find the thing that makes you happy. Until you find the thing that brings you joy. Tip number six, feel the pain of the past and heal from it. Like I'm not telling you to to, um, not honor your feelings, right? If it was a painful experience, then allow yourself to go through that process, but don't stay there. Choose to heal from that, you know, and decide what healing looks like for you. Tip number seven, stop dwelling on the negative thoughts. This goes back to becoming aware of your thoughts and understanding what is causing you to go back to that place. Because everything that manifests in our lives, in our real lives, first starts as a thought. So if you're continuously having negative thoughts, then you're going to cultivate a negative life. So start becoming aware and stop dwelling on those negative thoughts. When you see a negative thought creeping up, like stop it in its tracks and try to replace that with a positive thought. And then the last tip I want to share with you is that don't wait for closure. Okay. There's so many people that spend their lives wanting closure. Why do you need closure in a situation? What's done is done. It happened. Choose to move on from it without the closure because you might never get the closure and now you're stuck in this space waiting for something that might never come and all that's doing is hindering your progress. It's keeping you stuck. It's keeping you stagnant. So don't wait for closure. That concludes this episode. I know there was a lot. This was actually a long one. Um, But so much useful information, I think, that we need to hear because too many of us are stuck in the past and we can't change it. So today, I encourage you to leave the past in the past and make an intentional decision, an intentional choice to live in the present and move forward because nothing good (laughs) grows in the past and your life is worth so much more. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to show up. And remember that no matter what happens to you, you can grow from it. You can choose to move past it because you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed 
that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do and that you never forget that you were created for more.